So we're doing things a little differently on the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast today. We have Nicole Berlin, a pediatric occupational therapist, and her gorgeous therapy dog, Sophie, joining us today to discuss the benefits and challenges of using tricks in animal-assisted therapy settings. So if you're listening to this, please be aware there are visual components to this podcast that begin at about the hour and 10-minute mark, at which time we strongly recommend you switch over and watch the rest of it on the Therapy Dogs Australia YouTube channel. Enjoy. <laughs> That's a great way to start the party <laughs> for those listening. So Sophie, the therapy dog, just got a little treat, which is cute. <laughs> so welcome everyone to another episode with the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast. Hello. Today we get to chat to the lovely Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Um, so do you want to just kick kick it off with telling everyone a bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm an occupational therapist. I've been one for about seven and a half years now. Um, I have Sophie here too. I don't know if she wants to quickly introduce herself. Come here. Hey, Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> she might look at the camera and say hi. Hang on. Yeah, there we go. Look at that Good girl. Um, <laughs> she's three. Um, so I have haven't always worked in pediatrics. I have a bit of a random background. I've worked a bit in mental health with defense DBA clients and adults, aged care, residential community. And now I'm in a pediatric clinic for the last few years. Um, so I guess starting out with animal assisted therapy, I wasn't always going to do that, but I've always loved dogs. So me and my husband literally moved house in 2020 to just get a dog because we lived in an apartment and we couldn't have one. So, so we literally like, it's happening. We're moving just to get a dog. So we did that (laughs) to get, so we had a backyard and everything. Um, and then I got Sophie. So we got her at eight weeks old, but we picked her out from a breeder at two weeks, met her at six weeks. And then yeah, from eight weeks old, she was already coming home with us. Um, and I always had colleagues in the past tell me a little bit about animal assisted therapy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. So I didn't really think much of it at the time, but I thought that would be awesome. But yeah, I didn't have a dog at the time. So it wasn't really crossing my mind. Um, and then when we had Sophie, I just sort of realized how much she loves people. So she would be walking <laughs> along and just every person she sees, she has to dart up to and say hi. And people were just so yeah. excited to see her. Just like the biggest, I think like, one of the biggest prerequisites for therapy dog yes, is just that love definitely. of people. Yeah. Because every new person, like within reason, if there's someone who's dangerous, she wouldn't she wouldn't approach them because she's just so intuitive. But like mm-hmm. she just knows who wants to say hi to her. She'll go up to very specific people and they're just minding their own business and she'll just run up to them, say hi. They're like, yes, I love dogs. And now I just trust her opinion. I know exactly who she wants to say hi to. And I let her because the person's yep. always just so overjoyed and happy. Mm-hmm. Um so the fact that I had that sort of mm-hmm. on the side, she was just going to be my family pet dog, you know. Um, and then I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can like incorporate this into work because I had a few kids that mentioned that they had like animal assisted therapy, like in counselling and things like that. Mm-hmm. And parents were saying like, you know, I had kids who were um, selective mutism, mm-hmm. very anxious, those sort of things. And the mum would tell me like, oh, they're so able, so comfortable, so able to talk, those sort of things. Um at this clinic where they have a therapy dog. And I was like, oh, mm. that's kind of cool. And then I was like, maybe I'll look into it a bit more. So I was just Googling. And then um, this was back in November. I did the course 2021. So with Therapy Dogs Australia. Um, 
and I was Googling the course. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. That sounds like something Sophie would really like. I just tried her out. Like she was already, I think, one and a bit at this point. And I was like, oh, I'll just bring her to the clinic as a casual few like like teenage kids take it easy to see what she thinks before we jump straight in um and then yeah she just loved it so excited to be here (laughs) so excited to be at work she's very play-based so she's one of the ones that you know just loves the high energy kids but we do work on everyone regulating together but she gets (laughs) she gets super excited loves playing loves trick training loves fetch does like food but like you know if there's a ball there or food there she'll go mm-hmm. for the ball um so yeah I just thought she'd love it and I was like okay well I'll just go and have a look we might not be suitable but let's just do the course learn a bit more about it and see so yeah we did the finish the course in November 21 um and then I think we we're pretty keen and we did it all in January that next year and passed as level yep. one which was good and then recently did the course again and got level two, which is exciting. Um, well done. Did you yep. did your assessment again, your reassessment? You don't have to yes. do the whole course, guys, every no, 12 no, months. No, no, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, not the whole course, just the assessment. So that was easy because we'd done it before. So I think we smashed out the whole thing in just one day because we wanted to get it done. But um, Well done. Yeah, so it was a big day, but <laughs> we got it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I guess that's sort of how we got here then yeah since then we've just been working on different things still there's always ongoing training I feel like all the time Mm. yeah that we're working on Sophie's not perfect and neither am I um so we're always working on different training and that's where we got more into the trick training side of things too just because it's just another whole area of um, ways we can incorporate that into therapy as well as ways to benefit her me and the child there's just so much that goes into it so yeah I think that's sort of how we got here I love very how na- cool. natural that that all sort of progressed such a beautiful sort of gentle pathway into it. Yeah, like we weren't always planning on doing it because I know people do get dogs in the goal of like having a therapy mm. dog and then they don't become suitable and that's so disheartening and those yes. sort of things. So like I said, I always knew about it, but I just it wasn't something I was going to do until I just realised how much she would love it because she just loves people so much that I was like, this might work, let's just see. And then... Yeah, now I'm just super invested in it. So, yeah. That's something that we've (laughs) talked about um, before is that difficulty when people go and source a dog for this reason and the amount of pressure that they put on themselves Mm. and the dog because they really, really want it to happen. But um, it's the kind of thing that you can't really force. Like you can set Mm. the dog up for as much success as possible, but at the end of the day they're that dog's going to be who they are, you know? So sometimes a dog's just not suitable for it. Um, But we definitely, because we've got now obviously our puppy and adolescent courses because we're trying to assist people through that process of, you know, trying to set them up for success as much as possible. But at the end of the day, like I tell everyone in the puppy classes, forget about therapy dog, forget about that. We're just going to raise this puppy to be the best possible dog that this puppy can be. And if when we get to, you know, outside of that critical period and we start to get to maturity, the dog will tell you whether or not it's going to be a therapy dog. Like we will know whether or not it's going to be a therapy dog. But if we have all this pressure on us and the puppy um, and, you know, that just ends, it goes pear-shaped, ends badly a lot of the time because it's so stressful, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, Nicole, um. A part of your reassessment. So when we do 
um, our assessments and reassessments. We do, um, people do a temperament assessment and we do our obedience and manners assessment, which is your video submission. Um, so it's like a two-part thing. So when we do the video submissions, um, one of the things that, and I can't remember if I've talked about, I've probably talked about this podcast before, but um, when we when we developed that, we didn't have this initially, but I added it in um, because of the experience that I had when I was assessing my dogs through uh, the My Dog Training course, which was NDTF, which we, they had to do these really specific, they were tricks, um, and they had to do it perfectly and they had to do four, you had to do four reps, a video of unbroken four reps, and they had to do it perfectly three out of four times. And you could only say like one word and they just had to do it perfectly. And it took me a while. It was very frustrating for me because it took me a while to get the dogs to that point. And I have to keep like a training journal. Um, and I had to delete most of mine before I put it in because <laughs> I was literally like cutting sick in this training journal. Because one of the frustrations for me was like, I understand that, I think I have told the story before. So what was happening, you have to weave, do that leg weave. So when you walk and the dog weaves between your legs, we had to do the weave for, I think it's 10 meters, start from a um, position. So sit or drop, say weave or like one word and then walk your 10 meters and they have to weave perfectly wow. and you can't you can't mm. lure like you can't yeah, I was use, say no treats or anything mm. yeah you can't lure you can give a treat at the end but you can't use your hands you know how you can lure through like, yeah yeah remind them what they're supposed to be doing and like redirect them can't do any of that it had to be just a clean walk 10 meters and I was working on it with Oliver my border collie who's quite quite a soft dog um and so like a bit of a sensitive dog and yeah, same with Sophie. I think it's very much a border collie thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So we're making all this progress, right? And then I'm practicing one day and I accidentally kick him. So as I'm walking, taking oh, the step, oh. we collide oh. and he is offended. Oh. Like <laughs> he is so offended. He could still weave, but he couldn't stay in this position like the sit he couldn't stay in that position when I took the first step so he'd I'd take the step and he'd scoot out to the side because he was scared <laughs> of getting I was like oh and they, remember, they remember everything once don't they like it takes it, one time and they're like yep that's it <laughs> traumatized and I was yep. like and then I was like getting worked up because I'm like oh my god like mm how am I going to pass this? I'd worked on it for ages. Like, you know, we were nearly there kind of thing. And I was like, FML. So um, I had to swap. So I have a trusty old Labrador. I swapped to him um, and we got through it. He just, he just picked it up really quickly. Uh, thank God. Difficult to offend and blah, blah, blah. Never kicked him. Like, you know, didn't mean to do it, Oliver. But anyway, um, what during that process, I was getting really frustrated and pissed off because um, I understood that they needed to assess something really quite... Um, it needed to be very specific so that they could assess everybody the same against the same criteria. Um, but I was getting the shits because I was like, my dog can't weave like this, but he is a great dog. Like, I just wish I could show you everything this dog can do. Wait, like if you could see him work a group of kids at a school, 
and go around to every kid and get, you know, get pats from every kid and then, you know, stay with that kid for like three or four pats and then get up and go to the next kid and get three or four pats and then get up and go to the next. If you could see this dog and the way, you know, he can, we, we did sheep herding and stuff like that. If you could see this dog, if you could see what this dog can do, like he's so good. He's like, his recalls like amazing. And like, you know, and I would get all worked up at like, these dogs are great dogs and your stupid assessment doesn't, it's, you're asking the fish to climb the tree and I'm, it's, making me upset it feels like it's diminishing them right and they can't do that then they they can't do and 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 you're not Not a good dog you can't pass your dog Mm. training thing because you can't get your dog to it i'm like i'm sorry i kicked my bloody dog okay i'm sorry i didn't mean it but um anyway it was emotional time you get stressed with these kinds of things it was good that i had that experience obviously like you know i really loved the ndtf course and i like i said i understand why they had to have a criteria just like we have to have a criteria if you have to have a criteria um otherwise how do you mark people it's just you making stuff up so I got it and I'm glad I had that experience because it helps me understand our students as well when they start to get disheartened or frustrated or whatever I can be really quite um compassionate with that even though I'm sort of like yeah I know but we have to have a criteria (laughs) I'm also like but I know so anyway out of that um I added our bonus video to our assessment criteria so what the bonus video is for everyone who hasn't done an assessment with us before, it's you get the opportunity to submit a video up to five minutes of your dog doing the thing that makes your dog special. So whatever that is that our assessment doesn't capture. So whatever it is that, you know, our sit, drop, social walk, whatever, recall, whatever it is, like we have to do it. We have to do it that way. We have to have a criteria. We have to standardize, blah, blah, blah. But I fully recognize and understand that we are not going to capture your dog's true personality and what makes them special and what makes your relationship with them special by looking at that stuff. So we put the bonus. It's not, it doesn't get marked. So it doesn't get a score. It's not a compulsory most people don't send a bonus video in. Lots of people really, really like, oh, I should probably say 50-50. A lot of people don't send a bonus video in, but a lot of people do uh, and we love them. So, you know, we You get rave to about see them all the time. All the right? time, yeah. Like, and I love like taking videos of my dog, so I'm like, I'm going to definitely do this. <laughs> same, same. I'm like, and so I much content on that phone. <laughs> I got like 40,000 videos on my phone. It's yeah, ridiculous. no, I just used all old footage. I didn't take any new footage for that bonus video. I just yeah. went through and just like, yep, okay. <laughs> so um, the idea is that, like, I mean, we're seeing the dogs on kayaks. There's dogs wow. jumping through hoops into pools. There's dogs doing all sorts of stuff that obviously we get to see then the relationship that the dog has with the handler and their family and whatever, and dogs doing dog sports, um, dogs doing whatever, just whatever it is that they just dogs just doing their therapy dog job, um, you know, hanging out with kids or whatever or at nursing homes and stuff like that and I think it's so important that we take that on board that you know these dogs we have to assess these basic things but um we got some really special dogs in our cohort and yours is one of them so I mean they're all special in their own way (laughs) but Sophie's definitely very special and the reason that we contacted Nicole about coming and talking to us today is because her bonus video was just so cool. So I'm going to show it. So the, today's podcast is going to be more of a video cast. So if you've started listening in your car or whatever, 
we do publish these on YouTube. Uh, we do the whole video thing. So we're going to be doing a lot of stuff that's going to be visual content today. Um, so uh, actually, Max, we might get you to say that in the bio as well in case people get this far and they're like, how dare yeah, you? Don't worry. I was all excited I'll, I'll about the content. The <laughs> how dare you Surprise! waste my 20 minutes? <laughs> It'll probably still be fun to listen. There'll actually be a fair bit of stuff, content to listen Absolutely. to as well. Yeah. Um, so if you are just listening, um, you will need to go back and watch as well. Uh, but yes, this is going to be a, a combo. So what I'm going to do, Nicole, is I'm going to show everybody your video, your bonus video. Didn't ask your permission before this podcast, but um, can we please show everybody your yes, <laughs> bonus video? <laughs> Okay. All right. So now's the time to switch to YouTube guys, if you haven't already, but here we go. actually so cool to watch such a like it's quite emotive actually to watch um because Sophie is just such a little superstar but also your relationship with her is on display in that as well and the, mm. you know the things that you've obviously the time that you've spent with her um and the way that you guys communicate you know like to get these kinds of um you know tricks or you know there's a bit for people who are listening there's a bit of sheep herding in there as well um it's pretty cool that the you know I know that that stuff really does build your relationship with your dog a lot it's one of the things that we recommend to people if we think there is a relationship problem um then we'll definitely recommend that they go and do some dog sports or you know something like that go and spend some time with your dog go and learn how to communicate with them because you do need to would you what do you, do you think that Nicole you've got to be able to communicate effectively with your dog to yeah, do this definitely. like I feel like since we've been doing more of the tricks together just bits and pieces little bits of training and stuff like she's more responsive she kind of wants to be around me even more like mm. I don't know she's not really a cuddly dog but I feel like she became more cuddly after we did the course just because we're that more of that trust and that relationship as well so she sort of always wanted to be that little bit closer whereas she only cuddles up to people that she really trusts so mm. um yeah, just like our bond was stronger, I guess, as well. And she's a bit of a, um, like, around people in the clinic, she's, like, pretty chill, 
but she is a bit more of an anxious sort of breed as well. Like she does get yeah. nervous around loud machinery and cars and things. So I find, and we're still working on that too. Like that's an ongoing thing we're always working on. Um, just a little bit auditory sensitivity, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. common in border collies as well. Yeah. But yeah. um, only selectively though. Like if there's a squeaky toy, mm. she loves it. So it just depends, <laughs> it depends what it is. Um, but I feel like we, I kind of went down that path more because I feel like if she trusts me more in those environments where she's a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more anxious and things, she can trust me more and come to me more mm. for that security as well. And also building her confidence because we do practice our tricks and things in sort of more public places just to mm. build her confidence in those settings and our communication in those settings as well, because like we've only just started doing middle, like more recently in the last few months. So it's still getting tweaked, but I found that was just her go-to love. Like she just does it now for fun because she just loves yeah. it so much she just run, like even parents come with their kids and she'll run up to, to the mum's legs and just between them and <laughs> smiles up at them yeah. and it's like the funniest thing ever but she just loves doing it so I find that even if she's stressed out she will just run between my legs and be like save me mum and like we've got that security straight away um, that's cool yeah it's, so I feel yeah. like that's a really really good one we've learned lately that I feel like it's just her go-to that makes her so happy it's just that one that like other tricks she'll do and they're fun and she loves a lot of them, but sometimes she does them because she's like, I guess I'll do it. And then other yeah. ones she's like, yes, I love this one. So um, yeah, really it's, building up her confidence in our relationship, I think is the big ones for why we do the trick training. It sounds like it's it's more than just a trick as well. It sounds like it's her way of communicating something with you. It's like you just, every trick or everything that you do with her adds to the mutual language yeah like she does do more tricks when she wants dinner that's for sure too (laughs) (laughs) that's offering things gonna press the right (laughs) my paws up does that mean you're gonna feed me (laughs) um we might get you to show us middle as well nicole because i think it's that way as soon as you said that i feel like someone else has told me that they've used that before too i feel like it could be a very handy thing so um listeners nicole's gonna get us started with a few tricks so if you um should wanna, I do luring you... with food because I've got treats here yeah, yeah. yep yeah. we always use food it's a good point we always use food for trick training always yeah yep. cool um, um or you don't have to but definitely I just feel like she'll be more on point if I have the oh, treats. for sure <laughs> <laughs> for sure some dogs won't take food you know or like they don't need it but so like I taught Nala to pick up her dinner spoon because she steals it off the dog food bench every <laughs> time we feed the dogs and she takes it somewhere and cleans it so I'm like oh well she's cleaning it um but then what was annoying me is that I had to go and find it all the time so I taught her to find it and so now I every time I feed them I'm like where's the spoon and she has to go and search the whole dog patio area oh I love <laughs> that it brings me the spoon comes an um, after evening activity yeah, so yeah. Um, it's cute and stuff, but also I don't have to find the spoon, which is great. Yeah. But I didn't use food to teach her that, um, but she gets the reward of no one gets fed until the spoon is here. <laughs> 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 I'm not touching the meat, so go and get the spoon. <laughs> but she learnt it in the same way in these little chunks, like of, um, you know, I just hand, she's a retriever. So I just handed her the spoon and she took it in her mouth, you know, I'm like, yay, good job, you know, (laughs) and then I'd feed them like, great. Now we can do the food. And then she, we just back chained it, you know, a bit like that. So the reason I'm saying that is because if you're listening, thinking, oh, my dog doesn't, I don't think my dog's going to take food for trick training and so on. I've never needed it before. Or my dog just offers things. If you don't want to use food or your dog doesn't need food or whatever, 
don't worry. That's fine. Do whatever. Um, but the reason that Cole's saying that is because when we do our therapy dog training and when our dogs are working as therapy dogs, we expect them to do that without food. So uh, things like our sits and stuff like that, we just expect that the dogs can do that for rewards other than food, such as praise, pats, play, whatever. Um, but for tricks, definitely, it's really, most dogs are definitely going to need food rewards. And there's no reason not to use food rewards for tricks. Um, but when gen our general behavior and manners, when our dogs are working as therapy dogs, we don't want to have to be feeding them all day for that. That's why Nicole's saying that. Okay. Do you want me to talk through anything to do with like how I work towards the trick training or demonstrate first or? Yeah, so we will definitely because um, we're going to get, we definitely acknowledge some people haven't done any trick training at all. Um, so we're going to talk through, I think we should talk through, through, think through a few things <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> uh, luring, um, have you used shaping before, Nicole? Ca like capturing, um, sort of stuff. So with the shaping, we sort of could we started working on sit pretty, but I know that's a process with building up the core strength and stuff. So I feel like that one we sort of did shaping a little bit, trying to just like do a little bit of pause up on my leg first and those sort of things. Um, and then yeah, I always do marking and rewarding. So I always just use yep. the yes yes cue to capture when she does the positive behavior. So that's that classical conditioning to say you know when I say yes this is positive you're going to get a reward out of this and then I do slowly take the food out because she is food motivated but honestly like if I have a toy or something she'll do it if she knows the trick but the food's the good starting point because that's just the that's really good for luring and stuff too because it's very yeah. hard it's very hard to lure with a toy I find sometimes yes. she thinks I've got to throw it and then she just like gets ready to catch yeah. it and it's <laughs> it's a bit tricky so yeah and like my dog so uh Nala who I've got with me she's you'll see she goes a little bit silly for food so I use food and guiding so she actually can struggle to focus on anything that's going on around you could set off a bomb but if I've got food <laughs> she'd be like I don't care if I die like it's <laughs> she doesn't even hear it you know so that can be really hard for her learning process because she's not processing you can lure her 50 times but then like the 51st time, she'll be like, I'm so sorry. I've never seen, I've done it with her platform for her physio stuff. She's like, I'm so sorry. I've never seen this before in my life. And I don't know even who you are. I don't, what's happening. And I'm like, man, she's just not processing it because yeah. she's so fixated on the food. Yeah. Um, right. Black, blacks out. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so like all hyper -focused. she focused. Yeah. Hyper focused. So all yeah. she's like, food, 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 food. And her yeah. body just is doing whatever. Like, so you can lure her into positions and stuff. But actually all my dogs are pretty much the same. But they're so like food, 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 food. So when you start like fading lures and stuff like that, they're just like, what? That's like a very Labrador thing too, isn't it though? I think so, yeah. 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 They're pretty obsessed. Yeah. Sophie like loves food, but she's like, like I said, if there's a ball there, she will just think she won't eat. She'll be like, no, just in case you throw the ball, I can't be eating right now. It's distracting. Like <laughs> I have to be ready. So um, I find she responds well to the luring with a treat. And then um, I do usually add a verbal cue quite early on with the treat and then yep. start to slowly, like I might pretend I'm holding a treat and like, yeah, that's fading the lure out. Yep. Um, sometimes I'll just give it a go, just say the verbal cue only. Because if you do it a few times repeatedly, she sort of gets what we're doing each time. And then she does pick up on the verbal cue quite quick, quite quickly. Yep. Um 
and then yeah so some of them we're still working on we're kind of always just working on new ones here and there and then some that are she's pretty on top of now but um yeah there's that's usually the way I go um, about it is starting with that she knows the yes cue I mean the yes marker really well so she straight on knows that's a good thing and then working towards that verbal cue as well fabulous okay so what we want to cover as well is so stay tuned guys because um Nicole's going to give us a bit of a demo when we're talking about trick training and stuff like that we wanted to touch on how how is this helpful for the dog your relationship things like that like we've talked about you know learning to communicate spending time together um doing training that's really fun so you know like when you're trick training it's different to your obedience and manners training because your obedience and manners has got that sort of like if you don't do it we're gonna have a bit of a standoff and you're just gonna need to um follow through with getting on your mat please uh and it takes whereas, more self-control I find too as well yeah. which, is, which is never fun no one wants self-control <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh being able to do fun stuff where it's like if you don't do the trick it's not a big deal you know but if you don't come back when I recall you that is a big deal so uh fun training time and things like that what about though Nicole for therapy dog work so um animal assisted therapy animal assisted therapists why how would trick training be useful for them is it useful for you in your sessions yeah, so I find, um, oh, the kids are just so motivated to do it. So it's a big, um, especially at the start, if it's like they don't know the dog very well, I find when they build that relationship and that human-animal bond through that trick training, it gives Sophie that confidence. She warms up to them quicker. The child warms up to her quicker if they're a little bit, sometimes they're a little bit hesitant by her or those sort of things. So it just kind of builds that bond and that communication between them. Um, and the kids' faces just like they're so confident in themselves when, you know, they see, they say sit and she just sits down. They're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, right. And then they're just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's great for those kids, especially that, you know, I see a lot of kids who are really anxious coming into therapy or what we're doing is going to be really challenging. And, mm. you know, we want them to look forward to it. So they're set up for success. Because if they're coming in and they're just like, oh, I'm just coming here to do work. This sucks, you know. Mm. Um, whereas I have parents tell me they have kids running to the car going, I get to see Sophie today. And literally, they don't really yeah. care about me. <laughs> <laughs> nobody remembers my name a kid will meet her once for five seconds and then they come back going, where's Sophie and like who's the therapist what <laughs> there's a therapist here. <laughs> um you're Sophie's so mum <laughs> <laughs> that's the lady that brings Sophie I don't know yeah yeah um so I find that when I tell the kids like sometimes they'll be like does she know any tricks what can we do and I'll give them a couple of treats to give her and yeah they just get so excited it does it just brings their guard down a little bit it bring Sophie's guard down um yeah it's confidence building for the child and for her but also like it benefits everyone in the room like it benefits the child it um benefits Sophie I think for me it's good because like things like middle or other certain tricks because she does always listen to me on top of everyone else which I do tell the kids because sometimes they get a bit frustrated when they call her over and I've told her to stay somewhere and she doesn't come which is great Mm. (laughs) but um yeah good for me too because sometimes I'll have kids who you know they might be this especially the younger ones they might be a little bit dysregulated and if they're running around the room too excited Sophie's running around the room too excited it's a bit chaotic and I'm like Mm. okay we need to all calm down for a minute here so if I ask her to come do middle or 
something that's sort of more fun than just you know getting in her bed because she doesn't want to go mm. in her bed when there's exciting things happening um because she, she well, loves the other thing so about much, but the um, other thing about that too nicole is that um when we send them to their mat it's tricky for me to keep a kid away from the mat so if the kids become oh. overexcited and dysregulated and whatever um and we're trying to just bring the energy down a bit if i send the dog away to the mat now the kid is probably between me and the mat or whatever you know so um that's where i think middle could be so handy of you know when i always say uh to our students in the courses like the safest place for your dog to be is with you because you can protect them and their personal space by just protecting your personal space which we can just do by blocking you know just do that by blocking if your dog's not in your bubble, it's very hard to protect them. So if we've just got a really true yeah. overexcited kid, and let's be real, a lot of us are working with kids with challenging behaviours too. So mm. these are kids that really struggle with their impulse control. They struggle with being redirected. They might um, have, you know, quite oppositional presentations, you know, they're where they're actually doing the opposite of what, you know, we're trying to ask them to do and direct them to do. And, and that's, those are our therapy goals. Like we're, that's our job as I know as an OT, you would be working on um, opposition and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, so when we're, that's the role that we do. And while I'm not going to work with my dogs in dangerous situations where I think the dogs are going to get hurt, this isn't about the dog necessarily getting hurt. This is about the dog being um, a disruption to the session. So now it's very hard for me to redirect this little person or um, calm this little person down because they are fixated now on this dog and, you know, they keep throwing the toy or they keep, yep. um, they'll get their hands on the treat jar. Kids will get their hands on the treat jar. I think I've said in a previous podcast, I only put a certain amount of treats in the treat jar. I don't put a whole bag of treats in the treat jar because nice. kids will get a hold of the treat jar and that's it. Like that's, <laughs> that's it, you know, and the, the type of role that uh, Nicole and I are in doesn't, the, this a professional allied health role doesn't include snatching treat jars off of kids with autism, ODD, like oppositional defiance disorders. Like <laughs> that's not a part of our role is to snatch treat jars back off of kids. <laughs> so we have to, <laughs> We have to find ways around that, you know, like, so if anyone's listening, like we'll just take it off them. Uh, That's not actually a part of what (laughs) goes down in these types of sessions. Uh, We have to find different ways. So uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I think would be super useful for people would be like that middle, just like our recall, we're getting the dog back to us because it's a lot easier uh, to then manage the situation if the dog's back in our personal space bubble. Yeah. Um, I do find too, yeah, that if I can get Sophie, yeah, in my bubble and she's calmed down a little bit, not running around the room, mm. the kid kind of like looks around going, oh, Nicole's calm. Sophie's calm. Absolutely. I don't really like where, like I'm sort of just running on nothing right now. Whereas when yeah. Sophie's running around the room, there's just no stopping it. Like she's running, they're yes. running. It's just, yeah. So Absolutely. if I can get her to calm down and I find kids also pick up, I don't know what it is, but they pick up on that animal canine body language better than like human body language or their own so often I'll be like you know look at Sophie's body how's she feeling we have to get her to calm down they're like oh yeah she's red zone she's going crazy and I'm like okay well we need to calm Sophie down right now 
and, and they're red zone too, but they don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we can calm Sophie down and then they're like, oh yeah, she looks a bit better now. She's calm or she's in her bed now. And, you know, and like, we've got to lower our voice because if we're yelling, she's got to be running around again. And because they really notice that she's really responsive to tone of voice. If a kid starts squealing or is excited, she's like, yes, what's happening? Um, oh, like that. <laughs> yeah, compared yeah. to if they're using a quiet voice, she's like, okay, this is boring. I'm just going to go boring. to sleep now. Yeah. Because um, right now she's asleep because she's like, you guys aren't really exciting me. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is clearly an adult conversation. Yeah. I am not interested. <laughs> Checking yeah. it out. <laughs> so um, I find that, yeah, if I can get her to calm down, I can get the child to calm down. So we all co-regulate together. But if Sophie is not calm, the child is not calm. It's She always reflects their them as well, which is good and bad, some, and bad in some ways because sometimes it's chaotic and I have to, you know, regulate two people in the room, well, animal and dog versus um but then they can reflect on themselves as well I'll be like okay so I can see that Sophie's calmer now when I'm sitting at the table doing this quietly versus mm. when I'm running around the room throwing six toys and stuff everywhere um. yeah we use that ability to get our dogs in that red zone so the red zone's just out of control zone for people that um don't know what we're talking about we're talking about the zones of regulation yes so <laughs> the uh, red zone is just, we've lost control. So we actually use that therapeutically all the time. So it, only a couple of weeks ago, I was letting Nala and one of my other clinicians, therapy dog, Charlie, uh, run up and down the hallway, like idiots at full speed at the clinic. Cause the kid that I was, uh, that was waiting for me in the waiting room that I was about to have a session with, uh, has issues with red zone going into the red zone for play. Um, and so I was like, hell yeah, the dogs want to play in red zone anyway. Like they love each other. Um, and so I'm like, just let it go rather than uh, usually if there's people there, we won't, you know, we let the dogs play like that at lunchtime, but we usually, if people are there, we just chill them out. Um, so yeah, we use it. And then, it, you know, we let them play like that for a bit. So, and he, you know, he was like, whoa, like, whoa, they're crazy. Like, whoa. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, they are crazy. And then, you know, we went into the room, separate the dogs, you know, and started the session. And I was like, right, zones of regulation. <laughs> and then we talk about, you know, like, so what zone do you think Nala and Charlie were in when they were, um, playing, running up and down the hallway. He was like, red zone, you know, like it's so much easier for them to understand because we're like, you've seen it. Now you've just seen it. And if you don't have multiple dogs or whatever, like when you, you know, when you're working with Sophie, it's great if you can use um, toys and play and their drive and stuff and get them in the red zone. The um, caveat to that is that we do need to teach you how to calm them back down again, because that's the whole point of teaching the zones of regulation is that we're teaching people how to regulate. We're not teaching people that you're in the red zone. Good luck. <laughs> yep. Bye. We, do, we do that too. It's like that outlet at the start where we do that gross motor warm up or that sensory yep. regulation obstacle course or something. And Sophie's running around the room crazy with her ball and they're loving it. And everyone's laughing and squealing and you know, we're, get, we're getting that outlet. We're saying it's okay to be red zone in certain totally. environments at certain times. And then, okay, now that we've done this, we have to transition to our green zone learning time. How are we going to do this? You know, yep. how are we going to calm Sophie down? So we always have that aspect of it pretty much at the start, like, because Sophie wants to play at the start anyway. So I'm sort of yep. like, this is Sophie's regulation time and your regulation time, time for you guys to build that relationship, have fun, enjoy yourselves, let it all out. And then now we're going to, just bring it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
And for anyone who's listening is like, how do you do that? We teach you that in our courses. We teach you how to regulate your dog. So if anyone's listening like, oh, my dog would never do that, we teach you that. Okay. Exciting. So um, I use tricks in a really similar way to you, Nicole. De- definitely engagement. Definitely uh, definitely a skills mastery thing. So a self-esteem building thing. Kids really do feel pretty great about you know, asking a dog to spin and they spin and the kid's like, what? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, what about challenges? Like, so um, Nala picks up that dinner spoon uh, because she loses it. So now she has to find it. One of the things that she does, like if I'm just chilling outside, um, she'll go and get the spoon and bring it to me. And I'm like, that's very cute, Nala, but it is not dinner time. (laughs) She's like, that is bad news. (laughs) So uh, we call that offering. So sometimes like dogs that have had a lot of um, trick training sort of stuff before, they might offer stuff. Do you have any problems with offering? Because sometimes it can be at times that aren't appropriate. Like I can't just feed Nala her dinner every time she brings me the spoon. I swap her. So I take it away at that point and then I swap it with a bit of a game. So she doesn't come away empty-handed, but I can't give her a dinner, obviously. Um. So I do like a few guests, yeah. <laughs> a few different things. Um. I guess the main thing Sophie always wants to try to, you know, manipulate me into doing is playing with her because that's her thing and um you know say I'm just like no you need to have your rest now we're not playing anymore she'll like offer to put just her toy on my lap or and look at me and just going come on you know mm. just a little bit um it just depends on what she's already done that day so if I guess if she's had a quite a big day I just have to use tone of voice and say like no you do, do need to have a rest and because she responds so much to that tone of voice and knowing that you know no more we're having a rest and she's mm. pretty happy with that otherwise if she needs that little bit of enrichment or something to help calm her down, I'll give her something to do. Like you can do like the snuffle mats or like mm, the licky puzzle things, things and stuff. Things. I find that's what I usually redirect her to something like that if she's being a bit persistent with yeah. offering those sort of behaviours. But she does, most of the time, it's not really a big issue. Like usually it's like a kid's going to throw the ball for her and then, you know, building the suspense and holding it. And she's looking at them and going, come on. And then she just starts spinning because she's like, look, I'm doing stuff for you to throw the ball. And it's more oh, funny bless. than anything else. I could <laughs> see that. Like, yeah. I could see that getting like, so that spinning then. So a kid, even if a kid gets distracted or do you get kids that like fake throw? Yes. Yeah. It drives I, Trying to tease her. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> it drives yeah. me nuts. It's been a big journey for me. The two dogs that I work with now, mostly aren't big fetch dogs um but sunny was and it used to drive me insane when kids would fake throw the toy because I don't tease the dogs I actually think that it's relationship rupturing to tease them because I want that dog to know if I ever give you any information you trust me like that if I've ever given you any information then you know that that's that's what's happening I don't and so no offense to people that want to muck around with their dogs like that whatever it's a personal choice totally personal choice that's just what I think about it 
but then kids in the sessions, like they obviously do it with their dogs at home or whatever. And they think it's funny and all that sort of stuff. And I had to really work through that for myself to let that go, that they would do I it. Just I just really sometimes use that as like an opportunity social as well skills too. thing. Yeah, because same. they do the, it's the same thing with um when they're like, just give giving her demands. And I'm like, you can't keep doing that Damn. just because she's obedient. Like they're like, sit, sit, lay down, shake, run, spin, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I start doing it to the kid. I'm going, sit down, go Same. over there, go do this. Can you go pick up that? And then they start getting really annoyed at me. And I'm like, yeah. do you like it? They're like, oh. And then they it usually clicks pretty quickly. They're like, It does, oh, doesn't okay, it? I understand. They're like, yeah. oh yeah. Because they're like, I because they don't think it would be annoying. But like I feel so bad for Sophie because she's just like listening and doing everything she can to get this ball thrown for her. And I'm like, she shouldn't have to work this hard. <laughs> is that quite a common like, she's thing doing good listening well with yeah. kids? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It is Those for me. And so I do patient. tell them like praise her each time she does a trick. Don't just go sit and then give her another command because, you know, you're just teaching her to do stuff and not get anything out of it. So that's not really fair either. So, it's a common thing for me where yeah. they'll get, oh, like so they'll earn dog treats throughout the session for their answers they've given all the work they've done and I'll go so this you got five treats so you get to do five tricks and I try and lay that foundation but if the dog offers so sometimes like Oliver's a bit like that my border collie like he might spin and then they don't deliver the food and then Mm. he'll offer a shake and then they're like hang on a second I can get this dog to do a heap of shit yeah, for one, so, yeah, so for one treat. Too, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Whereas the dog is trying to get the answer correct. And so they keep yeah, offering it's things. Confusing. It's so mean. Mm. <laughs> so hard no, to watch. So it's awful. <laughs> so the dog, and you know, because you know when you're training a dog, they are searching for the right answer. And so you can see all this beautiful effort coming from your dog who's trying to get the answers right. Um, and this like kid who doesn't understand that and they just think it's funny and it's fun and they've because they've only got five treats but they're like I'm getting five tricks per treat here so that is it's a good this is you know why I wanted to talk about challenges because it's not all fun and games and roses and all that sort of stuff because we have to deal with this stuff as well where I've now got these feelings going on in me where I'm like in my head I'm like god damn it god stop doing that now but as a clinician, we can't, they're not your kid. If it was your kid at home, you'd be like, oi, pull your head in, like, you know, cut it out, like stop teasing the dog, you know, da, 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 da. The reason that we can't handle it like that, A, I'm a psychologist and I'd be in big trouble. B, can't talk to kids like that. B, <laughs> it's not clinically beneficial to handle a situation in that way so what we need to consider as the clinician is our therapeutic rapport and we need to consider the relationship that the kid has with the dog so we don't want to rupture the human animal bond the kid doesn't necessarily know that they're being mean to the dog so we don't want to then go over the top of that and go like right stop it no more no more for you you're teasing the dog you're mean to the dog you know like da 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 and put all that negativity over the top of their relationship we want to actually find a way to intervene in that therapeutically which I'll go through and Nicole you can share how you do it as well it's probably super similar but I just want to point out to people like yeah that sounds like a solution but if your goal therapy goal is not social skills training, your therapy goal is something else, then it can be really hard to work 
you've got to stick to your goals. Like, you know, we, we can still address it, but it might be something that pops up fairly regularly and it's not the main goal of your therapy. The other issue that I find um, or have found is that, so for example, if it's a client's first session and my main job in that first session is for that kid to want to come back next time. So if I keep putting rules and um, expectations and correcting them and telling them, you know, that sort of stuff in the first session, I'm really going to run the risk of um, we don't want to, in therapeutic situations, we don't want to challenge the client too early. We want to actually build a relationship with the client and then very carefully scaffold our challenges. Otherwise, if we challenge them too early without relationship, then it will cause the client to disengage or it will cause them to have um, yucky feelings and it's gonna, it is going to damage your relationship stuff. So we do actually, as clinicians, have to be quite patient with like, oh, this kid is really messing with my dog. Like <laughs> it's really annoying me. And we have to sort of sit with that. I had to do a lot of work with it within myself around, you know, you just need to let this go for right now and let's find a gentle way to redirect and, you know, it's not going to ruin your dog forever and, things like that. And I know I've said it on the podcast, I don't know what podcast, I know I've said it before, but I never let kids muck around with my important or new tricks ever because don't even show them to them because the kids will just do it, even if you tell them not to. Yeah. Um, never, ever, because it'll ruin it for your dog. And if your dog's very new to trick training, I'd say don't don't be using a lot of tricks um, in your work because it can be super confusing for the dogs I really give them the really basic easy ones that I know she'll get yeah like yeah otherwise they do try to use and abuse it a bit too so <laughs> do you um yeah. do you find that if you've had some challenging situations like that you might then spend some time with the dog at the end of the day or something just rehashing that trust or so is do you find that that's kind of needed with either of you or what do you reckon? Is it fine? Um, I have to do it with my horses. Mm. Like I do a little bit with her every day anyway, just for fun. So mm. I feel like I so kind of check have a routine. Daily. Yeah, I have a bit of yeah. a routine with it anyway because she just loves it so much. And if we haven't played, like she, even in the morning, like I usually play with her in some way, whether it's like a little bit of a walk or fetch or some sort of game in the morning, like it's just my routine. Like sometimes I'll just do something with her while I drink coffee. I don't know. But um, she kind of look at me if I haven't done that, if I go to get her breakfast and she's like, well, we haven't, you know, done our games yet and she won't eat sometimes. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I realise I haven't actually done anything with her yet that day. Mm -hmm. So she's so routine based. She knows exactly what's going on. And yeah, I feel like because I do it quite with her quite frequently anyway, it doesn't really impact too much because we do do that little bit of something every day pretty much. So it's just like a routine now. So I agree with Nicole that... Um... So I only, I've got sit, shake, drop, spin, touch. That might be it. I might, I'll leave it. They put their, they put the treat on their yeah, paws and we say leave it and then they get it. Um, That's pretty much the only ones I use with the kids. And that's hardly anything. And it's very easy to get to that point. Um. But also 
it's hard to stuff them up. Like it's hard mm. to really make problems with that. Um, but in the early stages, like a young dog in the early stages of learning tricks, if they're still in that stage of learning what luring is or learning your um, marker words, like I never, ever, do not ever, 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 ever give a child a clicker. If you've used clickers in your yeah. training, never, ever, ever give a child a clicker. That would be very confusing because be timing fun. is so important too with those. So And all yeah. they do is click it. They yeah. just click it. <laughs> I've never they used just, a clicker, and, but I wouldn't use it with a kid. No way. <laughs> I used to use clickers. It's like um, it is a nightmare if you give a child a clicker. Trust me. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> Yeah. And it's not just what, like, you know, like these are fairly consistent. They're like kids are just, you know, their kids are kids. Like it's not their fault. They're just kids. Um, I think those certain tricks and also they're the kinds of tricks that who cares? Like, you know, like I'm sure the dogs, um, uh, how good they do it. Not the word that is how good they do those tricks over the years has probably gotten a bit dodgy, but, um, whatever, you know, they do it to a standard that the kids are like, whoa, <laughs> Um, you know, and it's pretty hard to stuff them up because the other thing I was going to ask you, Nicole, um, first of all, I want to go back, backtrack a bit though, that stuff that I was saying about like first session and relationship and stuff like that. What do you, do you find a similar thing? Is that something that like when, when people are hassling your dog in those kinds of ways, do you, is it hard for you? Like, do you have considerations and how you handle that? Um, so I don't like, like you said, like, I don't like to put too many rules in place at the start either. Like I try to keep it obviously structured into a certain point. There's a mm. fine line with when it's okay. too much as well. But, um, okay. I do have, I do have some basic Sophie rules that I like visuals that I have in the waiting room on my door and in my room that are just like the basic starting points. And I, we talk them through, look at the pictures before we even meet Sophie. Because once they meet Sophie, just everything goes out the window. Like, this is exciting. This is great. Yes. So, and then you don't really listen to anything. So I don't like to be like, don't do that. Don't do this. Because I just don't want that to be the start of the session. So we go through our rules and they're just very basic. Like we've got little pictures there. They just say, we've got to use our gentle hands. We're going to use one instruction at a time, one toy at a time. And um, let Sophie have a, a break when she needs it. So that's our like main Sophie rules that we go through and I find when I do go through them at the start with the kid they're usually pretty good at remembering them because they're on the door right there when we're playing with her they're mm. right there in the room and if we go through them at the start before they're at that heightened excitement of meeting her um it that usually is most of the time that has worked so far and having yeah. like pretty controlled mm. first interaction because they can go back to the rules that they did process when they were a little bit calmer um and they're already excited to meet Sophie so they said they're going yes okay I'll do those things let's just get go meet Sophie give her the job do whatever you say (laughs) whereas I found that if I didn't have that preparatory sort of activity that little bit of that story at the start like we have a picture of Sophie we introduce them with the picture first you know um we don't have that first and they come in and then Sophie's there wanting to play with them straight away it's Oh, there's no, everything goes out the window. Yeah. No capacity so, yeah. for listening. Yeah, they're just already dysregulated because they're yep. so excited. They're fixated on the dog. So I find that so far, like knock on wood, that has kind of worked for me most of the time that I haven't had to intervene too much. And then Sophie is so responsive to me too that if I tell her no more, she just drops the ball, runs back to 
room chills out. She knows yeah. that like they'll try to throw the ball at her and it'll just whack her in the face because she doesn't even try to catch it. It's sad. <laughs> but like I'll be like, look, she's had enough. And they're like, oh, she hasn't enough. She hasn't wow. actually had enough, but she knows when yeah. to stop when I tell her. She will try to push the boundaries and pick it up again in a little bit. She has like selective memory loss. Um, but in the moment, that's enough for the kid to go, oh, okay, she needs a break now. That was one mm. of our rules. Let's stop and reevaluate for a second. And that's sort of yeah, thing. So yeah. fun. that keeps that little bit of control there without having to constantly like don't, 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 the kid. And then it's yeah, too, much, yeah. too much. Yeah. So they have those like basic rules in place. And then as we learn, we learn more about what we do and don't do and those sort of things. But those are my basics just to not yeah. overload her at the start as well. So important to have, you know, uh, it's hard. It's awesome that we're having this conversation because it's hard for people when they start the training to understand why we are asking you to have such good uh, management of your dog under high distraction environments because if your dog couldn't do that, if you can't disengage your dog from the whatever, you have to disengage the kid. But that's really hard. It's hard. If a kid has gotten to a point where they're not redirecting or they're not whatever, blah, 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 uh, it's hard then in our roles especially to disengage the kid. And if we're relying on disengaging the kid to manage the dog, now we're in trouble. So it's so, so important. Even when kids are doing that trick thing, you know, like trying to ask for five things for one treat you know like just disengage your dog from that you know and then it's like it puts a stop to it and then we can when a kid is in that zone and that they're excited you know and they're they're a bit dysregulated because they're like ah you know like if I can disengage the dog you know just recall them like they're gonna you know get your recall right they're gonna come to you or middle middle exactly well, sometimes I use the like the good girl because like as soon as I do that and then they'll stop taking the going, food yeah yeah she stares at me going oh my god what am I doing wrong what's happening and the kids yeah. going sit 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 she's just totally blocked them out she's yep. staring at me going what's happening and uh, yeah yep. like that always works too so yeah, yeah. and there's well, always, there's always say... times where she'll be a little bit naughty but like you know that's expected but most of the time okay. she's pretty good <laughs> yeah that's fine and then I explain that to the kid too look, look Sophie's a bit out of control what can we do right now let's absolutely <laughs> Oh, it's so useful. The dogs, yep. we don't want the dogs to be completely perfect. We just yeah, want to be able to manage not. a situation, you know, like <laughs> yep. keep the situation from getting completely out of control. Yeah. Yeah. If you can disengage your dog from an activity that's, that's, um, that a, a kid's engaging in that, that might not be super beneficial, or helpful. Cause I don't like letting my kids engage in those kinds of behaviors or interactions with the dogs long-term, even if I have to turn a blind eye to it and early on or at certain times or whatever, because they're not good social skills. Like those aren't true. And that's my job. A lot of the time is to help these kids understand theory of mind. So like, what, what is this like for the dog? You know, like how, how do you think, what do you think that's like for Oliver? You know, when, um, you know, we, we've, we've promised him, like I've taught him, we promised him, he only has to do one thing to get a treat, you know, like, so those kinds of exercises, they are super useful and we we do talk through them and they become interventions, but where that for the space to be there for the intervention, 
we have to stop the interaction because while the kid is in the interaction, they can't hear you. You're talking to a brick wall. Like, <laughs> so yeah. we actually need to manage and disengage the dog from the interaction to like pause it and then have this learning moment. Um, and then, yeah, really draw on the kid's relationship with the dog. Like they don't want to upset the dog. Like they, you know, like, whereas if it was another human, they'd be like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like we do uh, kids groups and stuff and we'll try and get them to like not cheat in games against each other or like give each other turns. And they're like, hell no. Like, I don't care about that kid. I'm taking all the turns. But <laughs> if we put the dog in the game, the dog never gets their turn skipped. <laughs> no, they always want, I've done that too with Sophie. They always yeah. like, want Sophie to win or. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing I was going to touch on as well, Nicole, so ask you about is do you struggle, do you have any issues with um, kids using voice commands and the dog's not, the dog not understanding because their voice sounds different or it's a bit quiet or something like that? Do you use hand signals as well? Um, yeah, I do actually. So I have a few kids obviously that have, um, they do see speech as well. They have mm. speech language disorders and those sort of things where their language isn't as clear. So that's already one thing that um, if it's not clear, so if you might not fully understand what word they're saying. Um, so often I do have, yeah, um, use takes hand signals and stuff. And usually she's pretty good at understanding, like I have one kid that just does this and she goes down eventually. <laughs> isn't it um, amazing what the kids can do and the dogs figure, figure it out? It out? Yeah. Yeah, or if they like, hold their hand out oh, eventually. This is so if, cool if, to watch. Or if you hold your hand out, she kind of knows to shake. Usually more so if they're holding a treat. If they do this, then she knows, like, yep, that's what's happening. Sure. Um, yeah. But sometimes there is a bit of that. It, that does help with guiding that a little bit too. Like we have to speak more clearly or use a higher pitched tone of voice because they might say it a bit too, like, monotone. So, mm. like, usually I have to do more of a higher pitched voice to motivate her to do something as well. So teaching yeah. them that sort of tone of voice is important as well and not putting you know, more than one one thing at a time. They go sit down, spin in a oh, row. Yeah. She's not going to do anything because she's going to be like, that was three different words together. I don't know what that meant. Um, yeah. So we do work on that a little bit too, but sometimes that does come into play a little bit when the clarity isn't fully there, which mm. can be a bit frustrating, but they do often do the hand signals then too, or um, I give them one another command that's a little bit easier for them to say or something like mm -hmm. that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. That's pretty much been my experience as well. Same sort of stuff. So interesting. It's interesting to talk about because we're obviously having this conversation for the benefit of everyone else as well around whether they're already using tricks um, and things like that, or if they're, you know, still training or they're starting to think about it or whatever, that these are some of the benefits and challenges that can exist with uh, involving trick training and trick training your dogs and putting that in sessions. The other thing just to be aware of is what treats you're going to use and um, making sure that your dogs. So uh, when you're choosing a treat, you need to think about allergens. Um, so whatever your clients. So like I used to use these peanut butter treats and then I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> 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 might get me into some trouble <laughs> I don't think I should I don't actually think I should be using peanut butter treats uh so I also want you to consider what is good for your dogs to eat so um make sure that you choose something that's a high quality food um but the high quality stuff is going to be largely dehydrated meat 
Um, so they need also just need to be aware of uh, like infection control and things like that. So just be really careful. Uh, and of course, if kids are feeding dogs, they're going to get saliva on their hands a lot of the time as well. Um, so just being really super careful with uh, hand sanitizer or whatever after the sessions. What, two, yeah, what treats to, do both of you use in your So Zeewee Peak is a really good, well-known sort of you can't go wrong sort of Dougie thing. He loves the mackerel and lamb, I think it is. Yeah. One. I've got um I've got a kibble sort of thing at the moment. Taste of the wild Pacific Stream canine formula with smoked salmon, which is a grain free mm. one. So I uh when I'm looking for stuff, I'll put it into um the petfoodreviews.com.au and just have a look and see what she's given it as a review. Um, because you don't want to feed them crap. We talked no. about we've talked about this before. I don't want to feed them crap, but at the same time, we want to be careful of the allergen thing too, like and the um infection control. What's that called? Like bacteria, like if you know, cross contamination. Yeah, cross contamination kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and being aware as well. So like, because we use dog food puzzles and stuff like that. So um, which is what these kinds of things go in. So when you're doing stuff like that, I'll go between like this and Zee Peak, basically whatever's available. But um, uh, considering your dog's diet, uh, if you're going to be doing a lot of tricks or stuff like that, just make sure you're considering that when you're feeding them their breakfast and dinner as well. So my dogs get breakfast and dinner. So it's easier for me because I just give them a normal breakfast. And then if whatever dog's been at work has had a lot of puzzles or tricks or whatever that day. I know I can just give them a bit less dinner, but just considering that because we don't want to have obese dogs because they're not going to live forever. So we're all obviously trying to make our dogs immortal and live forever. So they will never, ever, ever die and leave us. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) in order to do that, keep that in mind, because if you're going to be using a lot of this sort of stuff, you just need to um, compensate their dinner. I definitely agree with all that too. And sometimes when I can, like Sophie's weirdly loves vegetables, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah my dogs all do tricks for carrot, little bits of yeah, carrot. Carrot, bits of carrot. She loves peas, like just like a little pea. She oh, yeah. Whatever for a little pea. Like That's a um, perfect treat size vegetable yeah. as well. <laughs> so I try to do that where I can. Um, if I give it too much, like she'll have a few spinach leaves, but then she'll get to the point like, I'm over this. No, thank you. But the carrot and peas, she'll always go for. Um but I try to mix it up a little bit, but I always take into account, like I sometimes even use her, if she has kibble for one meal, I'll use some of that. I'll give her half of it and take the other half to work and we'll use that for some of it as well. Just try to like, cause I'm always monitoring her weight too, but um, that's why I always take into account. Or if she's eaten a lot that day to say to my husband, do not give her any of your dinner tonight. <laughs> she's had a lot today. Don't believe her when she <laughs> says she's hungry. <laughs> I figured she's out. She's going to lie to you. <laughs> Nala's, Nala's physio exercises have like she has to go and stand on this platform like one of them is just standing on this platform and one of them is standing paws up on the platform she's got to do it for a minute five times and I know we've discussed this before but I don't have the patience for that so (laughs) uh, (laughs) I'm literally like 10 seconds in I'm like that's a minute Okay. <laughs> I'm so bored. It feels like a really long time, especially it's for those obedience videos. I stood there for oh five god. minutes, her laying down. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh it's my been god. it's at least been 20 minutes now. It's, it's been, been like a hundred years. It's torture. I can't imagine watching them and assessing them. We watch them in fast forward. 
Oh, that's smart. Can't handle it. Can't, can't do it. Yeah, watch it in fast forward and just wait for something to happen. That's why we tell people during the course, don't talk to us during the videos. Don't say anything important during the videos because I've got that bad boy in fast forward. <laughs> so we just wait for something to happen or like, well, obviously we watch. So if the dogs get out of position or whatever, then we have to go back and watch it properly. Or if yeah. they, we watch the beginning when they get given the command and then the end, because the drop videos are 15 minutes each yeah. and there's three of them. And it's literally just a dog and a drop with like, things going past and it's like 45 minutes of that plus <laughs> the cost for us to mark them would be exponentially high yeah. if we had yeah. to spend 45 <laughs> minutes just watching, watching drop videos of a dog in a <laughs> just lying, lying down, down <laughs> and nothing happening around it like Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like it would be $400 to get just the videos marked because I it's I think ludicrous. it would need to be more f- to make you sit through 45 minutes. There's, and I just won't do it. No. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not doing it. Um, One thing that I've started doing is um watching them uh while I'm on the treadmill. So that is Very ticking efficient. two boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I still get distracted because I've got my treadmill in front of my um Horses. window. Yeah, where the paddock is. So then I'll be like, one day I'll, there's a big, massive eagle just like on the side of the dam. And I was like, that's wow. a really wow. big bird. It was huge. It was like a person. It wasn't like that big, but it was pretty big. You know what I mean? I was like, is that a goat? It was an eagle. <laughs> I got on video. It was crazy. Distractions yeah. for you as well. Ah, so many distractions. So <laughs> I do need some stimulation there. But anyway, the point of that was I figured out, uh, you know, there's lick mats that you can get. Uh, you can just stick that. I stick it to the wall, stick it to the glass door and put the platform there, put some peanut butter on it oh, and she clever. just stands on oh, the platform. And I'm like, see ya. So then I just go and get ready for work <laughs> and put about a minute's worth of peanut butter on there. And then when she runs out of peanut butter, she comes and finds me wherever I am in the house and she's like, all the peanut butter's gone. And I'm like, must have been a minute. Great. And we go back and reset it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> So efficient. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. You should see the glass door though, all around the lick mat, because the lick mat gets eventually pulled off. All around it's filthy. It's all covered in saliva Lovely. and peanut butter. I'm like, oh well. <laughs> it's the cost of doing business, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Classic. Okay. Um, Nicole's going to give us a little bit of a demo. We're going to talk about, I need to, I'm trying to try to call my dog up here like three times. I keep muting myself because she's wandered off somewhere. I have to um, wake Sophie up sadly. She looks pretty happy at her bed. We're oh, going to talk, guys, a bit of a demo, a bit of a talk yeah. through um, how to get started. I'm sorry I woke you from your nap. <laughs> Hello, Sophie. Sorry, darling. Um, we're going to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. What does she look at out the window? Is it like, is it what's out there? Is it people or is it like a garden? Um, nothing exciting. It's literally nothing happening. It's just a, there's like a road and there's a car that passes by every now and then. She, but what's I think she past, just likes what just, just went past just then because I can see her watching it. It was a, like a truck just drove past then. She was like, hello, truck. Oh, well, hey. Yeah, just hey. anything moving, she has to yeah. kind of look at. So yeah. it doesn't really matter what it is, but there's nothing. There's sometimes a tree that blows in the breeze and she's like, oh, yeah, okay. So. My border collie's outside right now. He's having some privilege time, um, not hey. not confined, and no. he's doing laps around, just just casually <laughs> checking. Border patrol. Like he he thinks he's a marama, yeah. So he just casually cruises around and checks, like, <laughs> okay, yep, over here, okay, yeah, Tick, right, yep. yep. 
Yep. Great. <laughs> and then he finds his little garden spots. He's got garden spots and he goes into one of his little gardens and has a little sleep in there. Aww. And then you'll see him like he'll just trot past and he's like, yep, horses. Great. One, two, three. Yep. Excellent. Okay. Over to this paddock. <laughs> security guards chickens are over there great eat some of this chicken poo yep cool and then you have a little sleep in another different garden loves it loves it (laughs) okay so we're gonna describe um luring and stuff like that so do you want to give us a demo i'm gonna get nala up here because i'm pretty sure she doesn't lure um i will probably have to take my headphones out because yeah otherwise i will be connected to the laptop this is gonna get me okay this is going to get oh. a bit messy, viewers and listeners, because um, we're going to try and show you some stuff. Um, and I've lost my dog, so we've already stuffed that bit up. Um, <laughs> she's gone. So she's downstairs somewhere. Um, so we're going to be a bit clunky for a bit here, but we're going to, I think it's going to be fun and I think you might learn something, but feel free to judge us. Um, this is for, very YouTube dependent for yes. anyone that's listening. Feel free to be That's very not impressed with how this goes. <laughs> we can see you. I can see you from your ankles up. Okay, that's probably enough. Not much yeah, more. yeah. Um, so she's sort of be showing what we sort of. I sort of usually start with um, like some tone of voice stuff, like you know, really like playful and engaged. Because then, like, if she's not engaged with me, she's not really listening. But oh, that was a good stretch, hey? You just woke up. But she already knows we're holding a bag of food. But she's like, what's happening? We're ready. She's looking at me. <laughs> what I do to get Nala back? I'm going to scrunch this bag of food. I can't actually tell if she's in the camera right now. Is she, is she in the shot? She, she is, it. yes, yeah. Sophie's yeah. in the shot, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sophie, sorry. She already knows something's <laughs> happening. She's ready. You can see she's... Look at her. She's sitting so well. Do you want to spin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good girl. I usually, I usually do, like growing the treat things but she loves play-based stuff so i find even if i just feed her the treat it's not that exciting but if i throw it up it's like yes i get to play catch <laughs> and um so now she's starting to off about eaters because she's like things are happening now so i don't know if you can see I, I don't know if you can see we can yeah we can definitely see yeah um so sometimes i use my treat to like know where i want to go so if i go middle she does pretty much go straight into the middle and then i'll drop it but she knows the catch and then she might walk with me. Wow. I like to I like to do um we're only just practicing this one with like middle of the move kind of thing. So she is getting there. But I try to reward quite frequently with that one because I feel like you don't reward enough, they sort of get confused and sort of give up on it a little yes, bit. Too. Yeah. So that's why we are she does love middle, but it's quite difficult practicing. So how too. did you teach how did you teach middle? Walk me through it because I'm gonna try and do it with Nala. Um, I'm going to go back to the start now. I'm going to go back to basics. So I always started with the lure first. So she knows that if I say yes, that's obviously a positive reinforcement. Um, and I just basically lured her between my legs. So I used the tree. It was like, Sophie, got her attention. She's watching. I know she's engaged. So I go around here. They go middle. And then I treat her. So actually, I don't usually say middle straight away when she hasn't got the verbal cue yet. So yeah. now she knows the verbal cue. But when she was getting it, um, she would add the verbal cue. So maybe I'd start normally with this. And then I'd, I know. You're very excited. Well done, Nala. 
Should I lure her into a sit? And also, how are you getting your hand like that? I, I think well, you just have to do a quick I, swap. Sometimes I do two hands as well. So sometimes I go, I know. I, I, I want to train people to be cute. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually lure her around and then I'll have the other tree at this hand. Oh, that yeah. does Okay. Sometimes I'll do two. Yay! Good job. So when she got the idea of um coming between my legs, I could just sort of do it with one because she's like, I know where the trick's going, I get it. Uh, but at first when she had no idea what I was going to do, like say with a spin, because I'm still going to work on her spins because she knows to spin one way, but I was a bit silly and didn't teach her the other way. So if I kind of, <laughs> I'm still working on the Doesn't other direction. translate, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of can lure her around the other way, but she hasn't figured out the other way without being luring yet. So, yeah. Um, but she knows, if I say spin, she thinks it's only one way. So I think I have to add a different verbal cue to work the other way. Yeah. I've heard people say rewind. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, I can't say right and left because I've already said spin so yeah yeah and then same with weave I did the same thing I did um like a treat in each hand so then hey I know the truth back there <laughs> I did the same thing where I use my hand she's still perfecting that so she does sometimes do it without the cue and sometimes with so there we go <laughs> So I sort of do a little bit of a tiny bit of a lure now with my hand, yeah. but she gets it now. Um, so well. And then if I do it a few times in a row, she sort of, because we've already done it a couple of times, she's so smart, she's like, yep, this is what we're doing now. Okay. So, <clears throat> and then she'll start to do it. Dog. So, recap. Oi. Recap. <laughs> if we are, good girl, trying to get that dog in the middle, is it important? to just get them walking underneath you like get them free get them used to you know like just being under you and around your legs and stuff like is it possible did you have any problems with dogs being not that confident um well, we started with weave actually before we did middle so she kind of was already used to being between my legs and she's always loved being under things so she's always like under my legs under the table under stuff so she loves being under things anyway so I don't know if that's just the inherent thing for Sophie specifically yeah Dougie, Dougie can do middle I don't think I did anything before that I think he just associated it with the treat so yeah so if he just liked being mm, close to me yeah. underneath something so yeah and then to make her start moving I just did the really subtle like I've only she doesn't always walk backwards only sometimes now that she's sitting she probably won't um but I've only started doing the moving so sometimes she'll move a little bit with me but it's a work in progress it's pretty cool but sorry how do you start the moving it's the very subtle weight shifts. Sometimes I'll just step a little bit one way and then a little bit the other way. And she has to have that really subtle movement with me. And then oh, I'll... wow. Okay. Has she got her feet on your feet or is she just in the middle? She doesn't, but I kind of want her to learn that. I haven't been able to teach her that one yet, really. Come here. Middle. Good girl. Oh, but, um, she... It looks like she's gliding. She knows I drop it. 
I drop it into her mouth. So like, she's like, I have to be ready and I have to move. So I was with the tiniest little. That's probably what helps actually is because she's wanting to make sure she can see you when she's looking up. So. Nicole, how long should people um, spend in a trick training session? Don't. I honestly think less is more. So I never do a few minutes at a time because you just don't want to overwhelm them and you don't want it to be you want boring. to keep it fun and positive. Yeah. So like people say, oh, like I don't have time to train my dog. It's like I don't have an hour of my day. But I do like I'll just randomly do it. I'll get up to go kind of fill up my drink bottle and just do two minutes of something with Sophie and then just let her chill again. And, you know, just like little bits wherever I can. If I'm sitting there waiting for my coffee at the cafe, I just grab my treats and start getting to do some stuff with me for two minutes and she has fun and then that's it. And it's funny how much they pick up because if you're doing that like, you know, one percent every day, it eventually builds up. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just Sophie's very smart, so I don't know if that's also a big thing that she just picks up on things really quickly. So I do find that if I'm just consistent and do that little bit each day, she does pick up on things quite quickly. What about loading our marker? Should I do a little marker loading? Oh, look at you, Nala. Little kitty. So if you haven't done um, trick training before with your dog, so what we want to do is like load up your marker. So we're using yes as our marker. Um, So... If you want to use a clicker, if you know how to use a clicker, you can use a clicker. You've got to be, you know, whatever marker you use, you've got to be uh, on time with it. So it's no good to um, ask the dog to sit and then you're mucking around and then you give the marker because the marker is supposed to be that is correct right at that exact moment. So to make the marker meaningful, so what? why would a click or the word yes be meaningful so it's going to become the reinforcer so to make it meaningful we have to load it up so making it meaningful so we say yes and give food yes yes not supposed to preload i'm preloading preloading is when you are getting ready to go because that actually becomes like your the dog's like oh, i'm already doing the right thing um so you should like if you had a tree pouch or something, it should be like neutral. I'm not going to say which is what she's looking at. Yes. <laughs> then get it back to neutral. She's looking at me, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Makes sense? So the way that, you know, they learn, um, you can load their markers up. It doesn't take long. Um, but the way that you know that it's been loaded up is if they're like over there looking at something and you go, yes and they look at you, um, that's how you know that your marker's been loaded up, then you can start to use it uh, in your trick training. And you also need to stay consistent with it, don't you? have to stick with yes. what you yeah, decide your marker is. Don't go one day clicker, next day yes. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, and timing as well. Like you want to get it as soon as, like same with the shaping, like as soon as they make that tiny little inclination of doing something towards what you want you want to reward that so they know they're in the right direction too because sometimes you know you do have to break it down as well and make sure they're on that clues yeah it's like that clear communication otherwise they're just like what am i doing i have no idea that they just start doing all the tricks they can think of to figure out what you want and yeah it's a bit chaotic (laughs) absolutely what are some of the newer tricks that you're working on with sophie nicole 
Uh, well, we're working on sit pretty at the moment. So yes, I know that's, that's, right. a tricky, that's a tricky one because I know like I've done a lot of research into it and I know that there could be like bad ways to teach it as well as like, but there's so many benefits to it too because I've read that it could be good. Like obviously you want to be like the core strength at their core strength is they're like very active and she's a very active sort of high impact wanting to play all the time and things like that. So I think building up that core strength is important. So we've been practicing that like no more than a couple minutes a day. Because I think it does take up to like a month or so to actually build up that strength. If they're not a dog, they're just naturally, mm-hmm. I don't know, dogs just weirdly naturally do that. But Sophie's not been one of those dogs that does that. So we've been working on that. And for that, I just sort of started with, because sometimes she wants to jump up. So we're still sort of trying to correct that a little bit when I try to do it. But starting with giving her more stability. So something like she does hold onto my arm or I split her chest or um, she holds onto my leg and she's, We've already been working on that one for about two weeks now, I think. And she was sort of offering it a little bit before, but um, sometimes I always put my knee there and say, sit pretty. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that little bit of stability. At first, I really, she had no idea. It's like she was offering that before, Nicole. Yeah, she was. Like I said, we really need to do one. So now that it's a new one, she's like, this is a new thing I've got. Maybe this is what you want. Um, But at first I was like, sit pretty. But I was giving her just like my arm to hold onto her chest so that it was um so she wasn't just gonna fall back little fall over. But she's yeah. starting to build up the strength. I just know that I have to do it safely because I don't want to overload her either yeah. and do it too quickly. Is it pretty? So I, I want to work to she knows that but she knows the verbal feel already. It's just mm. literally the physical that we're working on. <laughs> yeah. Mm. She does, wow, she does doing so it. well. But yeah, she's just practicing at the moment. So we just have to take it slow. So yeah, I had read that it can be bad for them if you don't train it properly and if you rush it too much. So I literally just do like a couple of repetitions in the morning with breakfast or something and then that's it for the day. Like mm. just so because she knows the verbal cue now, it's just literally building up the strength. Whereas a lot of tricks you don't have to do that. Um, but that's really the main one we're doing at the moment. And we're still perfecting middle because we've we've got middle, but I sort of have to do a little bit of like a butt, like face my butt to her a little bit to get her to, <laughs> like if I don't have the tree not me, I sort of have to be like middle and then she comes around, whereas if I'm facing her, she doesn't fully understand. I so find just, Dougie, like Dougie responds when I step out to the side a little bit, like yeah, I make I a little bit of room, he's like, okay. <laughs> um, I'm coming in. <laughs> I don't want to get better at it, the walking forwards and backwards because she can kind of walk forwards and then, but I'm going to go back when she sits down. So we're just sort of, I'm sort of just tweaking a lot of tricks that we know at the moment. And then, yeah, the sit pretty is the main one I want to learn. But yeah. Yeah. But I'm always interested in learning new things. So I'm sure there'll be more to come. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just so fun. What about it? It's like, it is so fun. She loves it too. So she gets excited by it. And you get food out. So that's exciting. One of but the really. One of the really easy and impressive to clients tricks is the spin um, and it's very easy to teach. And I also found as well that it's got a, a hand signal that can be quite easy for kids to do as well. So it's a, it is a favorite. Do you want to show people um, maybe just do like, how do we teach a dog to lure and then how can we use that to get the spin? Cause some dogs won't lure. They don't lure. So I want to get her, like, engaged in the treat. So I'll sort of get her to follow it with my hand like that so she knows that she's following it. And then I usually just bring her around like that. 
So getting her really engaged, it has to be a high motivating food too. So if it's like sort of something that I have high value treats that are a little bit fattier that I do less of and lower value treats that are a bit better for her, depending on if it's a new trick or something, we're just reinforcing. But just getting her to follow up with her nose that she knows and then try to give her that rate of reward pretty quickly so I'm not just teasing her and dragging her around the room for 20 minutes with this treat because that would be fun. Um, so I always just, yeah, will with the treat. And then as I try to fade out the lure, I'll just have my hand with empty and just skip. And then I'll give her a treat. Oh, I'll fade, yes. Sorry. So many things to think about. <laughs> so I'll have the empty hand and go, skip. And then she knows she's done the right thing, then she can get the treat. So, mm. and then I'll do empty hand, and then sometimes I'll just, I'll just pretty much get rid of the hand signal, and she knows the verbal now. Speak. Oh, sorry, do it a little too early. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically, I don't really think about it. Actually, I have to really think about it now. <laughs> yeah. So, Nicole, should people try and go the whole way around with a spin when they're first starting? I'll say just getting them to, I'm trying to remember what I did because she's like spin, no spin for a real time now. Did she did you say she goes both ways or she doesn't? Um, She can go one way without a treat and one way with a treat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm going to pin myself again on here for a second. I'll show you people what this looks like when you're teaching it because we've only got one direction. Um, How do I? Is that Nala then, did you say? Or... Yeah. Does she know no spin? One way. Hang on a second. I know, I'm sort of standing here teasing you. I'm sorry. Okay, All right. So when a dog already knows to lure and they know to spin, so Nicole's dog's going to look like they're just following that lure around. Then if you go, if they don't know it, it's going to look like this. <laughs> 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 it's got to be broken right down. That'd so be like with the shaping, yeah, giving them all the reward yeah. before they've done the full spin, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember how I did the shaping because I feel like she picked up on it very quickly. Otherwise, I would break it down. And each time they get that little bit further, they get that treat till they're all the way around, yeah. I found that I had to do it really wide for Dougie to get him to I move think I did forward. I quite wide too, yeah. Mm. Yes, I know. Good job, Nala. Pick it up. Yeah. yeah, there she goes. Oh, some dogs just pick it up really fast, but some dogs will do that weird <laughs> head thing where they're like. That's what Sophie's like with um, <laughs> rollover. I, I haven't taught her rollover because she just isn't a fan. She'll kind of start doing this weird like neck. And I just sort of gave up on it because I was like, she's, it's not important. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But it's one that she just doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally to her. She's just like, I don't understand. I'll just, I can just snap my neck in half and get the treat. I might have to roll over. Yeah. My dogs don't roll over. Nala doesn't really have the hips for it, as you can see. Dougie yeah. doesn't like it. Yeah. yeah, Sophie doesn't like it either. So I just was like, you know what? There's way more fun things we can learn. Let's just not worry about that one. <laughs> we have um, Charlie at work. Uh, and Callum taught her to roll over and it's hilarious because now she offers rolling over all the time. <laughs> Cute. She does it when she's playing with the other dogs and she's like, she'll be running around playing and then she'll just be like rolling. And I'm like, I'm like watching her one day and I'm like, did you teach her to roll over? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's hilarious. It's so funny. She just does it all the time. <laughs> 
She just loves it. Cute. A good idea for your dog to have a little break. So I'm having a little bit of a chin wag and Nala's, you see what she's doing. Sophie just doesn't want to stop staring at me. <laughs> Sophie's like, I'm committed to this session. <laughs> I've had a nap. I'm trying to give her a break, but she's wanting to talk to the around it. <laughs> I've rested, mum. I've rested. I'm ready to go. Breed, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Breed and work ethic. Nala's like, this isn't peanut butter on a wall. <laughs> You're sitting up so nicely too, I know. All right. Let's see where she's up. She's had a bit of a break, so we'll see how far she's yes, got with her spin. Good girl. Good girl. How old is Nala? Three and a half. And, and Sophie? How old is Sophie? Just turned three. So yeah. Oh, it's similar. Yeah, similar age. All right. So she's doing it. So now I can add my word in so I can say spin. Yes. Good girl. I want her to stand up. Spin. Yes. Good girl. Spin. Yes. Good girl. So we've got our word. Spin. Yes. Good girl. Now I'm such a good job. To try and fade my lure because I've been using my lure. So all you need to do is pretend you've got it and then spin. Yes. And then deliver. You like that spin yes good girl one more spin yes good girl just picked that up so quickly well yeah. done Nala. she does know the other direction so it might take longer um for the very first spin you know what i'm saying like she knows it the other way so probably helpful Sophie, up here. Oh, that's so cute, particularly because you can see you two in the in the mirror behind. Oh, really? She just, yeah, she just hopped up. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, good girl. You say hi. Hello, Not to Sophie. me. Look, there's people up here. <laughs> Remember how you taught shake, Nicole? I feel like with Shake, I sort of, I don't know if it was the correct way to teach her. It was one of the ones I taught her at the very start, which is a puppy. But I would basically pick up her paw and say Shake when I was and then giving her that marker and that tree. Um, oh, I know. I know. That's um, what I did, and I'm pretty sure that's the fastest way, honestly. And then they started offering. She's, like, climbing up on my lap. She's like, where's the treat? I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> get a close-up view of it um so, so yeah cute. i picked up her paw and then would say shake and give her the treat yes shake just kept picking up her paw it was good to like as a puppy anyway to get them used to touching their paws and things like that anyway mm. um yeah and then um slowly she started to offer it and then every time she would lift even just start to lift her paw that little bit i would do that like with the shaping i would say yes and give her the um treat and then slowly she just started to lift her paw up higher and higher and and offering her paw herself so but I just started by picking up her paw and saying the, the verbal cue straight away and rewarding immediately and that worked pretty quickly and then I had to do the same thing like both paws because I did one paw and then she didn't know how to shake with the other side so <laughs> it's so funny that you think it would yeah. trend like across but it doesn't and you're like okay I have to teach both sides so now she does know both sides but 
yeah yep I like that so that's a combination of um like guiding so by picking up her foot and showing her what shake means like so if you say shake then pick up the foot yes treat when you say shake they want to hurry up to the treat so you like shake and they're like, oh, okay, she's going to pick up my foot. I'll just, and they'll start to meet you. Like they'll start picking your foot up as their foot up as you're reaching out to pick it up. Yeah. And then you'll just, yeah, it'll just keep going from there. And they'll be like, hurry up with this foot thing to get to the treat thing. Yeah. So is, is guiding <clears throat> different to shaping because guiding is like a manual, like yeah. a physical yeah. manipulation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like if she was, if I was trying to lure her, I'll just remove. Nicole's pin again so I can see myself so if I'm trying to lure Nala into middle just pin myself so I can see sorry it's so clunky everyone um I won't use food so Nala if I was trying to lure her and she wasn't getting it I could use her collar and go oh and like actually physically put her in there or like, for example, if we were doing um, like a bit of lure and then go into the middle. Yes. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. I can hold her there and put her foot on my foot. Yes. Like that. Good girl. You know what I mean? So like you can mm. use nation of like you're just showing her what it is rather than like waiting for her to like offer and guess what's interesting actually about that is the fact that because you know therapy dogs need to have some experience with pressure and being physically handled that's probably a good thing to just incorporate into trick training from time to time anyway because it's something that they probably need to be comfortable with because it's kind of yeah Especially with someone they trust too. Like I know Sophie will let me handle her however I mm. want compared to someone else. But the more I do it with her, the more she kind of tolerates other people doing it with her because she's like, oh, yeah, I've had this happen before and this was all right with, you know. Mm. So I think having that aspect because, yeah, she's a bit more, she's pretty good with the luring stuff. So I haven't had to do guiding that much, but she's pretty good with like I was from the start always making sure I was touching her everywhere and making sure she was like desensitised, I guess, to that sort of thing. Because, you know, kids don't know how to always be good with the way they touch a dog. Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen a kid close a car door or slow? <laughs> Can't touch yeah. anything the right way. Now, you, now you're interested, <laughs> hey? Now you're interested. Hi, Sophie. No, she just wants to look out the window again, I think. Oh, confused. I think because she can hear you now, whereas before I had the headphones in, so she was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I can only hear you talking, but now that she can hear the, the computer, she's a bit more like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, yes, I know. I know. Are you looking for the treat still? Aww. Two very clever girls, <laughs> Nala and Sophie. So, um... Definitely a few little tips there. I like the the middle. I think we should all teach our dogs that. Um, and the the spin and the shake and those kinds of things are really handy. Um, do you have do you do like a leave it kind of thing? I know oh. we 
phone to ask our dogs not to touch things. Do you have a leave it trick? Um, like I pretty much, if I put a treat anywhere, just do the good girl tone of voice. She won't go near it, but yeah. no matter where it is. Um, but I haven't had, I haven't been doing it too much. But I'll show you what we do with our. Like you put on their paw, did you say? I'd be interested to know if Sophie would leave it if I asked her to, because I never do it. But I would happy to try. <laughs> it's really love this. I'm just gonna bring my um computer down a bit so we're a bit more on time. I know. So if you're watching this you've got to learn something. So if you want to teach your dogs like a leave it all you got to do put the food in your hand hold it out. She, she knows it so she stops investigating it. Yes. That's when you give her and feed from the other hand. So because she know she obviously knows that point, but you would start with a closed hand and then you, as she goes to get it, close your hand, wait for her to stop doing that. Yes. Treat a different treat from the other hand. Yes. So it's just you're just um doing like making like treating as soon as she disengages in some way, is that right? Yeah, so she figures yeah. out if she stops touching it, that's when she gets a treat. Yeah. I'm obviously just preventing her from getting it by closing my hand. Yeah. Yes. So you'd say she's pretty much figured it out, right? So that's how yeah. I'll work. Leave it. Yes. Good girl. Leave it. Good girl. I used to wait for my dogs to look at me as well. Leave it. <laughs> A little side off. Yeah. Leave it. <laughs> Can you see her eyes? <laughs> Ooh, that's a tricky one. I make a, she's finding it hard to look at me. If you just make a little bit of a don't say a name or anything, just make a bit of a movement. So now we're going to put it on her feet. Those hips. She'll see the video. All right, come here. Thank you. Good girl. All right, so we're going to do the exact same thing, guys, at home, everybody. So you can do this on your hand and just wait for it to stop. Because yeah. yeah, we're in a different setting, so she's going to have to figure it out again. I'm just trying to make mm -hmm. it so I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to say anything until I think she knows it. You've got to be quick. Yes. 
historia. She nearly got that. She's like, I'm just going to try. Let's see what happens. Okay, so now we should be able to say, leave it, leave it. Yes. Leave it. Yes. So because I've got it in that position, I should be able to leave it. <laughs> okay. So I get off. <laughs> leave it. Good girl. You can see how um, attuned she is to your tone of voice there, Sam, as well. Leave it. And then, because kids are cruel, they'll do stuff like this. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> no way for her to look now good girl <laughs> so much temptation <laughs> yeah she's doing so well <laughs> all right well, well done, done Nala. um when you when you teach a proper leave it i think you're supposed to not really ever let them eat it you know but we I teach it as a trick so we don't use anyone who's done our courses knows that we don't use leave it for our safety stuff yes. we use own um so leave it for us is just a trick it's not leave that toad um yeah it doesn't really matter but um you can see there as well so if you've got kids so kids love that trick and it's very easy to train now Nala hasn't done leave it in ages um but it is actually that quick when you train. So it looked like really quick to teach her that, um, but she has done it before, um, but not for a long time, but it is actually quite quick. So have a go at that at home. But um, if you do that, uh, you can use your tone. So if kids are doing leave it, they're not going to say leave it in that tone that you're using. Um, so your dog's not going to take it as seriously. So <laughs> when they say leave it, you can follow up with a good girl and your dogs will hear that, but you still need to teach the dog to leave it and the whole routine of like, it goes on your foot and you don't touch it. And then they say, okay. And then you, so what happens a lot though, is that um, they'll like put the, the food on the paw and then the kids will go, what do you say? Like to get them to eat it. And I'm like, because <laughs> if you say it, the dog like, oh, just go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or the kids will go, go. And like, sometimes the dogs will be like, good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> the like, That's not the word. <laughs> not a lot of <laughs> All right. Fascinating stuff. I think mm. we've um, kept Nicole from a job long enough. It's <laughs> Friday again today. You got clients this afternoon, Nicole? No, I've got a half day. So I've finished for the day now anyway, so. Yeah. Ooh, lovely. C G I F. That's Wednesday. 
<laughs> Happy hump day, everyone. <laughs> T-G-I-F. Anyway. So thank you so much for your time, Nicole. Awesome. I think, I hope that's really helpful for people. Get yourself started with a few little tips there. Where I was saying to the girls before we even started, um, it's really hard to get trick, t- trick training uh, advice classes things like that it's pretty hard to come across there's not a lot of dog training companies that offer purely trick training classes there are some around but not a lot um so you know any help we can get along the way is great um most of us are sort of self-taught off of things like youtube and stuff like that um or you know like learning things along the way from other dog people and those sorts of things so yeah hopefully that's enough to get you guys started and see what your dogs think of it Um, Even if you just teach spin, shake and leave it. So those ones that we've covered, um, I think you guys should all teach middle. I'm going to try and um, remember to do that as well. Uh, Because I think that's useful for us as a therapist um, to get the dog back into our bubble. Uh, I don't think you should necessarily, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I probably wouldn't ask clients to do middle because I don't really want the dog to that. Sonny's like Sophie Nicole in that um he runs between everybody's legs because he is like <laughs> oh. the only option is for you to pat my entire body with your legs. <laughs> <laughs> well Sophie only does it to the parents so far. She hasn't tried doing it with the kids. I don't know if it's like the height difference. Yeah. yeah. They but she does it to the mums and stuff that come in and to me but and to the other staff here, but not she hasn't tried doing it to any of the kids, but I'm not really encouraging it either. So, yeah. People always laugh it off, but they do say things like, like, because it's all our, you know, family, friends, trades people that come around or whatever, Sunny's in between everybody's legs. And they're always like, you're <laughs> dog. And I'm like, oh, he just wants you to pat him. Like, and he does it and he'll have his bum out in front of me and he'll be between, and then he wants me to scratch his bum and massage it. And then he does dances with his feet and he's like, oh, <laughs> he does little stompies. Yeah. But so, but I think that as the clinicians, we should totally teach middle. I think that's a great idea. Um, but even if you guys want to just practice, get started with, you know, some luring, uh, and do some shake, spin, and leave it give those a crack see if your dog likes it if you are into it and you want to get oh weave nicole showed us the weave as well i think weave's a great idea probably uh well you can choose if you what clients you want to show that to and do that with or not it's up to you um but yeah get started with some of those with some of those things and then if you like it get get across it man like get into it get involved do some more fun so fun, yeah. fantastic for your relationship mm. uh, with your dog. Um, and send us in some bonus videos when you do your assessments of the mad tricks that you've been doing and like cool stuff that you've been accomplishing with your dogs. We'd love to see it. We always love we to see would. It. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. You're a legend, mate beautiful relationship that you've got with Sophie absolute mm. pleasure to watch your video and um, chat with you today and have you guys on as uh, one of our TDA graduate teams congratulations on level two and yeah thank you playing it Sophie are you gonna come say thank you she's gone back to bed she's like Oh, there she is. See you so. Bye, Bye, Sophie. Sophie.
listening to the podcast if you're interested in studying with therapy dogs australia or you have a few more questions before deciding please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and faqs